you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. I got a special announcement for you. I have been part of the Peak community for almost a year now. And here is the thing. Less than 1% of the marketers become CMOs. And you know what's even harder? Staying a CMO without a high caliber peer network that can help you beat the odds. In Peak community, they build a community around you by creating exclusive events and experiences to help you become one person better each week. So you can get promoted, have an impact, and do the best work of your life. This episode that you're listening to is an example of the conversation that happen literally every single day in the Peak community. So check out. The link is below. If you want to be part of it, it's only for marketers. So make sure you're not a lurker, but someone who want to have an impact and do the best work of your life. Let's go. I'm Jamie Sewell. I'm relatively new to Peak and definitely kind of fell into Peak by accident through Jessica. And I just have to say, like everybody that, you know, I've connected with um, in this community has been really awesome. Uh, So welcoming, so supportive, um, which I think is like really unique. So I just want to say like, thank you to all of you guys for, you know, being awesome. Um, So my background is in sales and marketing um, and particularly for new products, new technology products. Um, So I specialize in go-to-market strategies, um, sales enablement, and um, customer engagement, um, primarily for like B2B2C um, tech products and startups um, in the IoT and manufacturing spaces. But um, my passion is really in health and wellness uh, and really helping people um, live healthier lives and reach their goals. And um, so when COVID uh, hit, I was laid off from my job and um, really started um, leaning into um, my passion. Uh, so learning more about health and wellness. Um, and now I'm starting to share it with others because I'm like, look, it's great to like learn it personally, but I want to be sharing as I'm learning and growing um, so that other people can continue to learn and grow. So that's why we're here. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about my background in just a second um, from the health side. But first, I want to teach you a quick, um, really easy technique that's going to help you to uh, get more grounded and stay more present. So what we're going to do is it's a breathing exercise. You can do it at work. And so we're going to um, do a quick inhale through our nose and then a long exhale out of our mouth. So let's do like three to five, you can do more, you can do it as long as you want. So together, let's just inhale quickly and exhale slowly. (sighs) Inhale quickly, (sighs) exhale slowly. One more, inhale, (sighs) exhale. So it's Friday, happy dance. Um, you know, I think, uh, we often, when we are in a go, go, go sort of world, <laughs> the first thing that usually goes is our breath. And so there's a reason that everybody's like breath work, breath work, breath work. Um, because we tense up, even if we're not really under stress, 
and our breath stops um, being as even. And then that does end up creating tension in our bodies. And so anytime that you just need to relax a little bit, just do a quick inhale through your nose, slow, relaxed exhale out of your mouth. And that's really going to help you regulate your whole nervous system. Um, the other thing that you can do when you're doing that breathing exercise or independently is sighing. So we are programmed to associate sighing with relaxation. And so just kind of sighing. Um, my husband always knows when I'm trying to regulate my, uh, my personal stress response, because I'll just start sighing just automatically. And he's like, Oh yeah. Okay. She's trying to clear some stuff right now. So anyway, use those two techniques. Um, they're really simple. Sometimes we forget those things, um, but they're really, really effective. Hey, Jamie, why do you, why do you breathe in quickly? Instead That's of a like great question. Really okay. So um, we're going to talk a lot today about our nervous system and our nervous system is um, we want to learn to drive. It. It's like a car actually. So our, our mind is um, a machine. And so um, when we inhale quickly and then exhale slowly, that signals our nervous system to slow down. It's safe to slow down. So when we experience stress, um, uh, we're going to get into this more, but um, we feel unsafe. So when we long exhales, quick inhales, long exhales, it's going to signal our bodies that it's safe to slow down. Conversely, um, we can do a long inhale and a quick exhale like we would normally do during exercise. And that's going to amp up our energy levels. So you can use that anytime. Um, so it's really quick. If you're like, man, I'm a little tired. Just like long inhale, quick exhale out, out, out through the mouth. And that's going to give you more energy. Really good question. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I'm trying to uh, move to the next slide. Okay. So, um, personally, my background. So I am a recovering, chronically stressed individual. Uh, I'll just put it out there. There's a reason I'm teaching a stress uh, reduction workshop right now. Um, because I've had to learn, I've learned personally the impact of chronic stress. And um, I've studied it quite extensively because of my own needs. So I looked really cool, calm, collected on the outside. And um, on the inside, I looked like this. So, <laughs> so um, of course, all of us have those moments, totally normal. Um, but if you asked me, like, Jamie, are you stressed? I'd be like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I'm starting a company. I'm launching new products. But I'm fine. Everything's fine. Um, and so I just really um, didn't understand how stress was really affecting me. Um, so I looked really like I had it all together. Um, I'm a high performer. I'm a perfectionist. I'm an overachiever. I'm a people pleaser. Um, it's really kind of a sickness. And um, so maybe you can relate to that. And um, I appear to do really well under stress, particularly at work. And um, I thought I was doing really well under stress. Um, but at the same time, I also started having a lot of health issues. Um, so they were very mysterious. Some actually started um, as a child and a teenager and no one, um, put my internal stress response, um, together with the health issues that I was experiencing. 
which is a little bit ironic because if you start to look into stress, you can see that it really can have a tremendous impact on your body. Um, but it was that internal um, response that really was causing um, challenges. So it wasn't that anything was unmanageable. It was just that um, the way I was internally reacting um, was not supportive for my mind and body. Um, and so a few years ago, I found out about the mind-body connection and how thoughts, feelings, um, beliefs, and personality traits can all impact our response to stress, um, which affects um, us. So anyway, that's a little bit of a background. Um, so you guys are going to get to um, learn about all the things I've learned over the years. Um, so my intent for this workshop is really to just help you understand and recognize um, ways that stress can impact you and your body, particularly if you may not be making the full connection about what might be happening. Um, that I see that pretty often. Um, arm you with a lot of with information and easy tools um, to help you reset your nervous system and really start to cultivate resilience. Um, the cool thing is everything that we're going to learn, like you can do on your own. It's really easy, and some of it's just knowledge um, and having that awareness. Um, and then really just start to promote an open discussion um, to share in our um, collective learning. Um, so I'll be doing a series of three workshops and each of them are going to be completely different, but they're all going to kind of build on themselves. Um, be sure to take yourself off mute, um, drop your questions in the chat. Um, and if there's anything that's not clear, stop me and let me know. So we have a stress epidemic on our hands. I know we've had a pandemic, but that we have a stress epidemic. And I think that um, you can ask all of us, even pre-COVID, we'd all be like, yeah, we do. Um, like it, it, the modern world is not working for us, right? We are on, in front of our computers all the time. We are on our phones. We're constantly connected. And to a certain extent, that can be a blessing. And then to a certain extent, it can be a real challenge because what's happening is that we don't ever really turn off, right? We all know this. Um, and that really is affecting us a lot. So these numbers are pre-COVID. So pre-COVID, 77% of people were experiencing stress that affected their physical health. That's really high. 73% um, of people had stress that was impacting their mental health. Um, and so just think that that's pre-COVID. So whatever um, stress you're experiencing right now, I just want to like just validate that because um, we are all really going through it. Um, and so just even having compassion for ourselves and others um, can be helpful to letting it move through us. Um, so I want to ask you, some are, what are some ways that um, stress is affecting you? Um, so take yourself off mute, put your, put your thoughts in the chat. Um, what's some ways that you notice um, stress impacting you? My brain just shuts down. It's so hard to be creative and, and, you know, respond to people or even like easy social things just go out the window. And I'm just sitting there like, uh, uh, uh and uh, does not, does not look great, which then compounds, yeah. you know, and then makes it worse. Yeah. Um, that's so true. I'm going to explain in, in, uh, in just a minute why that is actually. Um, yeah, that's so true. That's awesome. Um, any other, I can't see the chat. So I, I, I mentioned sleep. 
Oh, and so did Jessica. <laughs> We're all. And thank you, Jamie, because I think I was the one that asked for this session to be moved to 9 a.m. And I think you moved it for me because Yay! I get sleep deprived and I, I have a really weird, weird uh, work schedule where I end up um, like I work in the mornings and in the evenings and I have sort of the middle of the day to do my own thing. And um, my evenings are yeah I so I go to bed like right after I shut down my laptop and and uh, I know that that's not good but I'll let Jessica jump in too. oh um I got the shingles over stress um my in-laws were going to take our kids on a cruise we agreed to it and then three months before the event I started living every scenario that was going to happen to them so anyway shingles is very painful I highly recommend don't uh don't go there with the stress yeah yeah it's really important to part of today right is just helping you to have the awareness like hey because what i found is that a lot of people dismiss it right we're like oh it's just stress not realizing that like no that's literally like everything um so stress really affects us physically emotionally and behaviorally like you guys are all already describing all three of those so physically, that can look like shingles, can look like gut issues, um, immune issues is a huge one, um, brain, so foggy brain, uh, I'm going to explain why um, you're, that's happening, uh, poor memory, could be muscle twitches, um, shooting nerve things, all of this stuff actually is really st stemming from a stress response. Uh, it also can be mental, right? So we start to, <laughs> our, our wheels start turning. We start having more self-doubt or like, shoot, am I going to forget my words? Um, and is what I'm saying going to make sense? Uh, that can lead to fear, um, anxiety, depression, right? Like just trying to get through the day. Um, and then behaviorally, that might mean that we stop taking some risks. Maybe we don't sign up for that thing that we really want to do. We don't say yes to that next role that's really going to challenge us because we're like, oh my gosh, I don't really know if I can hack that. And so it can really have a big impact on us um, in a lot of subtle ways that we might not really be aware of. Um, and that's because stress impacts the nervous system. And the nervous system govern, governs every single aspect of our lives. Um, so the nervous system is your brain, um, and then it controls every single organ in your body. So all of your, um, if your autonomic nervous system is where um, it controls all of your organs. Um, it's going to um, help you to think more clearly or shut things down. So all of that is coming from your nervous system, um, which runs through your whole body. Now, there are two um, channels for your nervous system. So our brains and our bodies are really a lot like cars, but we teach people to drive their cars. We don't teach people to drive their, their bodies and their brains. Um, and a lot of that is the neuroscience um, side of things. So within um, our nervous system, there's two main channels. There's the parasympathetic system, and that is responsible for rest, digest, restore, relax, renew. All of those calming things. That's that breathing technique that we just did. The sympathetic nervous system is our fight, uh, flight, and freeze response. 
Um, the parasympathetic nervous system is going to be like our brake on our car. So just like we've got two pedals on our car, we've got two pedals for our nervous system. So it's going to be a brake that's going to be like, all right, we can slow down and relax. Our sympathetic nervous system is the gas pedal. So it's going to give us the adrenaline, the boost that we need sometimes to like get things going. Um, when those two things are functioning in harmony, it's great. When we experience more stress, that's what's going to start to um, cause one pedal to get pressed a little bit too much. Uh, and then maybe the other one, not enough. So what happens in our bodies um, when we are experiencing that stress response? Um, so this is in an instant. It's really crazy. So the parasympathetic system responsible for keeping us calm um, is going to shut down the instant we perceive stress, danger, right? So this is the reptilian part of our brain that's been, um, that's going to kick in. Um, it's the reason that our human race has survived because we are wired to scan for threats, real or imagined, doesn't matter. Um, so the parasympathetic system is going to shut down. Our heart rate is going to instantly change. Both the rhythm and the quality of our heart rate is going to change instantly. So there's a lot of folks, myself included, um, who have, have experienced an internal stress response for a long time. And so we can even develop benign heart murmurs from this. They're not dangerous at all, um, but it's very common because um, that stress response is impacting our organs. And so when we look at the health of the population, there's a lot of people with a lot of heart issues. And it's because um, they're really internally living with um, a high stress response. So then our sympathetic nervous system kicks in. And so this is um, our fight and flight response. It's going to keep us safe. And then our stress hormones kick in. So that's going to be our cortisol and adrenaline. So all of these things are really important to um, life. But what's happening is that stress activates that fight, flight, freeze response. Um, and then that can, um, if that gas pedal is depressed for too long, that can create challenges. So when we uh, lose our words, um, so say we know something really well and we lose our words, what is actually happening is we have muscles actually in our neck and they are controlled by our parasympathetic nervous system. So when we lose our words is because our parasympathetic nervous system is shutting down and our sympathetic nervous system is kicking in. And because our vocal cords, part of them are actually controlled by that calm system, by the break, we lose our words even though we know exactly what we need to say. We just can't find the words. So if, if you experience that, the best thing I can say to do is to actually just acknowledge like, hey, body, this is a safe place to be. This is a safe place to be. There's nothing. We're not in any danger because um, it's, it's literally just that um, like, oh, what are they going to think? Are they how are they going to perceive me? And so um, it's that reptilian uh, part of our brain. That is just like, I don't know if it's really safe to speak my truth here. So that's what's happening. Um, oh, and sorry, one other thing. So the 
on that topic. So the, so the, um, the parasympathetic system is, is shutting down. And so we lose our words, but the other thing that can also happen is that the break can get pushed too much. So it's possible that you've got both things happening. So if your heart rate's pumping, that's going to be, um, your sympathetic fight or flight response. Uh, and then you might lose your, your words. Um, but then if you've got brain fog or something like that happening, that can be the break that's then getting, um, pressed too much. And so, um, again, it's really just about a balance because we need both. Jamie, I have a quick question. This is Leela. Sorry. Um, uh, I think if Angela put a comment in the chat about tapping. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I was wondering if you could explain that. Sure. Yeah. Actually, that's one of my final recommendations, but we can talk about it now. So tapping is a really okay. We can we. Yeah, we can go at the end if you want okay. to do it. Well, yeah. it's called an emotional freedom technique. Uh, it's one of the most effective methods that I can recommend for managing stress, um, both short-term and long-term. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, fight or flight response in everyday life. So <laughs> what this can look like is we get a stressful email from our boss, and we all get that, right? Or an angry customer. Uh, there's two things that are probably going to happen instantly. <laughs> we are either going to be the person that is like, I am going to go Floyd Mayweather on you and I am going to knock you out. Um, I'm going to fight somebody. Um, that's my husband. Um, or you might be, um, (laughs) run for us, run. You're like, Oh my gosh, just get me out of Dodge. Like, I don't care where I'm going. I am out of here. I will see you later. Uh, so that's more of my response. Um, so usually even though we don't have a cheetah chasing us anymore. Uh, right. Like maybe one way, one day we did, right. Like maybe we had a, like a real threat now it's digital world, but our, our bodies are still designed the same way. So we've got these, um, responses that don't match our circumstances, but this response is going to stay the same. So, um, anyway, it's just about knowing how to work through it. So the cool thing, though, is that the same system that creates that stress response is also responsible for well-being. Um, and a lot of times now that there's some buzzwords going around, one of them being like resilience. Um, so a well-balanced, healthy nervous system is going to help keep us loose on top of our game. Um, it's going to help us to be more open to learning because we're going to be more relaxed um, and that gives us more of a growth mindset so we can continue to build our skills. So if it doesn't feel safe to, to learn, we're not going to learn. We're only going to do what our body feels safe to do. Um, it also helps us to have bursts of physical or mental um, challenges um, because we can be present um, and concentrate on, um, you know, that big project at work um, or exercise. Um, and then it helps us to rest and recover, um, quickly, uh, mentally or physically. This can also look like having a higher pain tolerance. Uh, and lastly, it really is supporting a healthy gut and immune system. Uh, so 90% of our serotonin, which is hap- is basically our happiness hormone is actually produced in our guts. So it's not in our brain, it's in our guts. And a lot of um, the hormones that our brain either uses um, or secretes are 
first in some way coming from our guts. So there's a huge correlation between the gut and the brain. So sometimes if we're having issues with one, we may actually be having issues with the other. So I really can't emphasize enough the importance of um, good gut health. So that means like really paying attention to the fuel you're putting into your bodies. Um, but again, also regulating that stress response um, because that stress response is going to change how we digest food uh, and all of those things. Um, so the gut is really, really, really important. Um, there's actually even a debate between if it's really our gut that informs our brains or our brains informing our gut. It's really that powerful. Um, so a well-balanced nervous system is said to have uh, more plasticity. Um, so you can think of it like a rubber band. So um, a rubber band's loose, it's relaxed, right? So that's going to be more plasticity more neuroplasticity. Uh, and then that is really what's key to cultivating resilience, which is what everybody is talking about right now. Um, so before we dig into what resilience might look like, what do you think it looks like to be highly resilient? Not sweating hey. small stuff. Yeah, true. Yeah. Being able to not get mad. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, just letting it roll off. Letting it roll off. It's sort of the same thing as Jessica just said. Yeah. Yeah, it could look like feeling relaxed um, or at ease. Like if you are in sales meetings, it could look like being able to handle curveballs in a stressful meeting uh, or a life situation. It could be just being able to think on your feet. Um, or, you know, if you're a football player, it could look like being able to take a sack and then throwing a touchdown. So anyway, um, I want to give you just a few examples of people who have high uh, neuroplasticity and are resilient. Um, and this is so that when you experience stress, you can think like, how would this person handle this situation? Um, so, you, you know, look to other people's um, experience um, for inspiration um, to get through your own um, challenges. So the first person I want to point out is Oprah. So Oprah uh, is highly resilient. Um, she had a ton of adversity as a child. She was abused horribly. Um, she had a baby at 14 that died. So she had a lot of trauma. Um, but in, and right. And then she's a black woman, um, in the entertainment and media industry. And <laughs> that's not, I don't think that's a kind industry to anyone, particularly women, particularly black women, right. Or in minorities. And so, um, she overcame a lot. Uh, and so we can see the impact that she's had. Um, despite her circumstances. So I would say that she's been super resilient. Um, the next person that I want to point out is Tom Brady. Uh, of course, he's wearing a Bucks jersey because I live in Tampa. Uh, and we know that he is highly resilient. Um, he has take, he's comes in second place for the number of sacks that he has taken. He's the oldest quarterback in the NFL and has the most wins. Um, and he didn't just get lucky with the teams he played plays for. He has the record for the number of fourth quarter comeback from behind wins at 39. So he's not getting lucky here. He is mentally and physically resilient. Um, and we know he talks about this a lot. Um, and so I'm sorry to our, our friends in Atlanta uh, with him coming from behind <laughs> the Super Bowl win a few years back over the Falcons. Um, but there's, you know, hope for tomorrow. <laughs> 
Um, and the last person I'll point out is maybe your coworker who keeps winning all the sales contests every year. Um, you know, just year after year, they just keep, they, they win it every year. Or, you know, I know this is a, a group of, of one percenters uh, and leaders. So you may actually be this person already. Um, and so why is it? And, and so if that's, if, if this is you, really think about your employees and think about um, how you can help them to cultivate more resilience um, with their mindset and um, with their bodies. Um, and so what do all these people have in common? Um, so I'd say that they all have really strong habits that are supporting uh, neuroplasticity and, and their physical body um, and, and building more resilience. Um, they also know really how to regulate their body's response and their mind um, to stay in peak uh, performance. So Oprah has a super manageable morning routine. She meditates quickly, doesn't do a lot. Um, she exercises vigorously a little bit uh, for like 15, 20 minutes. Um, she eats breakfast, she goes for a walk, she listens to music. Like that's her morning routine. Um, Tom Brady has a more intense morning routine um, and uses visualization techniques. He uses positive priming. He's got a super strict diet. He gets a lot of sleep um, and he is like, dedicated to com continuously learning. And so that those are just some habits that we can learn um, from them so that we can be more successful in our own lives. So if we want to get from crazy bird here to winning our version of the Super Bowl, how do we do it? So we really need to understand first how stress affects us. And that means going and looking at depleting emotions and restoring emotions. So we're not really taught um, culturally to recognize our emotions, um, but it is so important because our subconscious drives, I would say, our entire lives. Uh, if not, I mean, I know the statistics say like 90% or something, but I would say it's all our subconscious. Um, so we need to understand how depleting emotions and restoring emotions are affecting us. And the best way to think about these emotions is a depleting emotion is going to be taking money out of your bank account. You're taking money out. You're taking money out. That's totally fine, right? Like that's what it's there for. Um, restoring emotions is going to be putting money in your bank account. So uh, something feels good and I'm going to put a deposit into my account. So what does this look like? And so that's all great, right? And so we just want to make sure it's balanced. So Depleting emotions, typically there's an external uh, stressor that will kick off an emotional response. Um, then a lot of times what we do is we create a story. We may not even be aware of it in our mind. And then that story creates a belief which changes our behavior. Uh, and so having awareness about how this process happens can help us to take more control over our responses um, and choose new ways to live. So an example of this is going to be a mistake at work. Made a mistake, happens all the time, right? Um, but internally, we may feel like, shoot, I made a mistake. Now I'm frustrated at myself. I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that. Now we may feel embarrassed. We may feel shame. We may feel angry at ourselves. But we usually don't want to go there. Right. We usually just want to like avoid it. Right. We don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. Um, 
So what do we do instead? <laughs> then we start to create a story. Oh, I don't like my job. I don't like my boss. Um, I'm, it's not a good fit. I'm thinking about leaving. So then we start to change our behavior. Well, now we're like, shoot, like, what if my boss like fires me, you know, or, or something like that? How, what are people going to think about me? Um, Cause I messed up. And so then um, we may start to apologize. We may start to feel guilty um, about whatever that thing is. And so then that perpetuates an internal stress response. So there's what's called big, big trauma and little trauma. This would be an example of a little trauma where in our heads over and over and over again, we are replaying the event. And so it's like it keeps happening because in our heads, it's happening. Our body doesn't know the difference between a real event and what happens in our, uh, in our minds. So um, we've got to learn ways to work through this, which I'm going to teach you in just a minute. So here's um, some other examples. Um, children fighting. Guess what? We've been in COVID. People have kids at home. Um, that is happening right now. Uh, so that can cause us to feel anxious and depressed and angry and frustrated. Oh my gosh. Then what happens? Maybe we get a headache, right? Like, oh my gosh, I can't block them out. This is too much. Now we can't think clearly. So, you know, it's the end of the day, whatever. Oh my gosh, I'm going to numb out in front of the TV. I'm going to eat some like junk food or, you know, um, something that, you know, maybe I wouldn't normally eat. And maybe I have like a few too many glasses of wine or too, you know, too much to drink. Right. Uh, and so what happens though, as one off, like these things are not a big deal at all, but what happens is that these things create behaviors and habits. So then these isolated events end up compounding and changing our behavior. And then one day we're like, oh my gosh, like, why do I feel like crap? Why am I depressed? Why am I anxious? Um, what is happening with my life? Um, so the average person has between um, 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts in a single day. Like, it's crazy. Um, I think fortunately, we're not aware of all of them. What's that? It seems like a big gap between the 12,000 and 60,000. What makes up the difference between the 60,000 people and the 12,000 people? I don't know. Um, I think some, well, what my theory, and I haven't, I haven't dug into this, but I think it has something to do with the activity in our frontal lobes and our brains. Um, and I think some people just have more active ones and some people have just less active ones. So I probably have more active one. My husband probably has a less active one but I'm not sure. But fortunately, we're not aware of all of those thoughts, right? Because that would be kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but of those thoughts, 80% are negative mm. and 95% are repetitive. Oh. That is going to create a stress response. There is nothing in our lives that we cannot get through. But um, replaying and having these negative thoughts, negative emotions over time is going to change <clears throat> our body's baseline nervous system. And it's going to start to rewire um, our nervous system. And it's going, it may get out of balance. Our bodies know how to create balance. Um, I was recently hiking uh, in a rainforest in Washington and Olympic National Park. And I was just really struck with how the forest 
really knows how to regenerate. It does it all on its own. Um, it doesn't require any um, human intervention. And I firmly believe that our bodies know how to do the same things. Um, we just need to have really the awareness um, about what is happening. So that's why a lot of this has been educational. Because if we don't have the awareness, then we can't um, be proactive in, in, um, in choosing a new way. Um, so changing when our, ba- when our body's baseline nervous system gets rewired, this could look like being tired all day. So this was me, chronic fatigue, big time, uh, and then being wired at night. Um, it can look like a mind spinning all the time. And then like the, t- the moment you need it to like be active, you've got brain fog. Um, it could look like you just can't um, shut things down at all. You know, maybe you're feeling some ADHD um, or like you can't um, turn things on at all, like ever. Right. Um, so uh, we can go from hyper, just going to be extreme activity to hypo. Uh, and we can also have a combination of the two that's happening because our bodies are trying to find balance. Um, and so that's why the tools that we're going to look at are going to be helpful in understanding um, how to give our bodies more balance. So there's three ways to consistently reset from stress and build resilience. One is going to be cultivating renewing emotions. So we talked about depleting emotions. We're going to talk about how do we, what are, how we recognize uh, emotions that we need to put in the bank. Um, We're going to incorporate what I call the three A's, which is a really easy technique to get us out of a stress loop and from our minds. And then long-term adopting behaviors and lifestyle habits to support um, long-term resilience. And one of those really is tapping and it's really easy. Um, All right. Renewing emotions. So renewing emotions um, are going to um, be something like a family member asks if I need anything that makes me feel appreciated. I feel cared for and supported. Um, and then I was having a really bad day, but now I've realized, you know what, it's not that big of a deal. And it really helped change my attitude. Um, and, and my outlook, um, it could look like finishing a project at work and you're like, Oh my gosh, I got it done. Yes. Um, and I feel proud of my efforts and my team efforts. And um, that helps us to feel relieved and it lets me to refocus on other things I need to work on uh, and to help my team members. Um, Or maybe it's connecting with a friend uh, that helps us feel more peaceful, more relaxed. Um, It helps us to recharge our energy. Um, So those would be some examples of renewing emotions. And we have tons of those. We have tons of those situations all the time. But a lot of times we take um, those things for granted. So we have to be really intentional about depositing the positive emotions in the bank. Um, And that was probably the biggest thing that I've learned over the past couple of years is really recognizing the stuff that's already working. It's already working. It's already in your life. It's already fantastic. Uh, I just wasn't putting it in the bank. So really um, recognize those things. And a lot of times that's called mindfulness, right? Um, That's one of the other buzzwords that's going on right now. Um, So it's really, really important. Um, So 
I want to show you a picture of brainwaves. So mindfulness is not just um, something that's like nice to have and like the cool term right now. Um, Every single emotion can be um, measured. And so here is um, some of the core emotions that we experience. So uh, you can think about our cultivating um, high frequency emotions like eating healthy, like drinking our green juice or like eating a cheeseburger, which is going to be a lower grade emotion, right? So it's totally normal to have all the emotions. Um, But if we've got too many cheeseburgers, that is going to um, suppress our immune systems and um, it's going to actually contribute to more of the same. So our bodies are designed to kind of stay where we are, good or bad. Like it's going to try to maintain that status quo. So if we want to change the status quo, being really mindful about the emotions that we're cultivating is super, super important. Um, So you can just really ask yourself when you start to get in a rut, is this how I want to feel? Do I want to feel this way? And if the answer is no, redirect. Um, Gratitude is one of the most effective methods that I have found to redirect Um, And so just ask yourself like three things, like, what am I grateful for? And it can be like, I'm grateful for standing outside in the sun. It doesn't have to be something big. Um, But really, if if you're feeling in a rut, ask yourself, how do I want to feel? What direction do I want to go? And then redirect. Um, And this is really, and it sounds easy, but it's, it's super effective. All right. So emotions impact our hormones as well. So it's totally normal again to have all of these hormonal responses, but we're going to have, if we're on the left and we're feeling angry, sad, depleted, we're going to have more cortisol, which is stress hormone pumping into our bodies. That is going to um, prevent our bodies from um, regenerating and our cells from renewing as effectively as they can. Um, If we're cultivating more renewing emotions, um, our bodies are going to create more um, DHEA. Um, and things to uh, build stronger bodies. Um, so just really think about, you know, where where do I want to live? It's totally okay to have the depleting as long as we are putting the positive in the bank. Um, so the next thing I would do is incorporate the three A's. So if you feel like you're getting stuck in a rut, um, this is a really uh, helpful way um, to get yourself out of it. Um, so the first thing that you're going to want to do is have awareness. We usually do. If we're encountering a situation, it feels like we're banging our head against the wall. Uh, next, what we want to do is actually acknowledge how the situation makes us feel. So we have a tendency to get really in our heads. When we get in our heads, we get stuck in a loop. Because what we want to do is we want to take action. And we want to take action right now. Right now, we want to get ourselves out of that situation. It goes back to the fight or flight. But if we don't acknowledge the situation and acknowledge how it is making us feel emotionally, we won't have um, the ability to take proactive, empowered action. So if we don't acknowledge this, if we skip step two, that's called reaction. If we have awareness and then we just try to jump into action, that's reaction. 
when we are in a reactive state, we lose control. We lose our empowered self and then we're reacting. So a lot of things, if we can just really tap into what is the feeling behind the emotion, that's going to like allow us to kind of calm down and then see maybe a path that we didn't see before. So this could look like, okay, I screwed up at work. I feel really crappy about it, but I know what to do differently next time. I learned my lesson so that I can be proactive and it doesn't happen again. So this doesn't have to be a big thing, but the, I feel really crappy about it is really hard for us. We don't, because we don't want to go there, but it's so important to letting ourselves off the hook and break the stress loop. Because the number one thing that I see with people all the time is a lack of self-compassion. We are really hard on ourselves. We're very critical, particularly a lot of times it's the high achievers because we think, oh, well, that's how I have my edge. (laughs) That is not how you have your edge. That is how you have tension. Um, So we really want to have a lot more self-compassion and just, just acknowledge kind of where you're at. And then that's going to let us off the hook so that we can take the empowered action that we really need. Um, you know, I think if any, anybody's married, you know, like, <laughs> especially for women, right? You know, you're, you tell your husband how you feel and you're just like, I just want you to acknowledge. She's like, what do you, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to acknowledge how you made me feel. Right. So this is like a super simple Um, example, right? Like it's that acknowledgement. You're like, now I'm not mad. I'm not mad anymore. And that, that, um, that's the empowered action that in that scenario, the empowered action is just apologizing. It doesn't have to be this big thing. We think about empowered action is like being, oh, we've got to go like scale this mountain. No, empowered action can be like, I need to focus on gratitude. It's like, I feel really crappy about this my empowered action is focusing on gratitude and focusing on the things I can control. Um, okay. So the last part to this, um, is, uh, cultivating, um, behaviors that are going to build long-term resilience. So we cannot fix and we cannot change what we do not understand. So that's why we've spent all this time today talking about awareness and education. Because if we want to make a behavior change, we have to first have the awareness. The second one is sleep, diet, and exercise. Um, those are all super important. We already know they're important. Um, eating. So sleep, of course, I think we all know. Uh, it's well documented. Diet, of course, is important. And I'll say that no, if you don't do anything else, drink green juice like Jessica has here. This was recommended by Jamie. There you go. It tastes pretty good, right? (laughs) It's a job. Let's just say. Oh, you, oh, really? No, I mean, it's fine. If you, if you have to have the mindset that you're doing this to be better, to be, so you can learn better and and not stress. So yes. Yeah. There it is. Um, (laughs) To be an influencer for them. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, So the reason I really recommend green juice in particular is because it's um, cold. uh, It's because it has micronutrients. So usually when we think about greens, we think about like cooked vegetables, things like that. 
those things are still really important. But I really recommend green juice on an empty stomach first thing in the morning because it's going to help our gut microbiome um, to be healthier. And the micronutrients are easier for our body to break down and absorb than traditional um, fruits and vegetables. So it's just really easily absorbed. So that's that's why that's important. Um, so exercise and All right, Jamie, just a little side comment. We're in the chat. We're talking about coffee versus green juice. And I think you've just ruined like half of us because we're still I'm still drinking my coffee at 10 o'clock in the morning here. And uh, I don't know if I can give that up, but I, I hear you. The green juice. All right. Yeah, just try to get the green juice in a little bit. I bet, I mean, if you could do it at lunchtime or something, that's fine too. I would say just get it in when you think, when you can get it in. It's better to do it than not to do it at all, right? So uh, just do it when you can do it. Um, So exercise is the best way, I think. And I'm going to say vigorous exercise. Uh, especially in chronic conditions, is that um, excess energy, excess stress gets stuck in our bodies. So it's so important um, to vigorously exercise consistently. Um, When we are under stress, probably the first thing that goes is our exercise routine because we don't feel like it. We feel kind of crappy. So we don't want to do the exercise. We'll do it tomorrow. So do it today. Um, because the exercise, as you guys already know, going to create all these endorphins, um, and and but even more, I think more importantly than the endorphins, it's going to get rid of that layer of stress. So if anybody here has trouble sleeping, exercise consistently um, and intensely is going to help you um, sleep better. The other reason that it's super important is um, because you're breathing. So we're breathing a lot more when we're exercising and when we've got more breath going, it's going to increase our vibrational frequency. Um, and that is going to cultivate more health. Um, and then exercise is actually going to help rebalance the right and left hemispheres in our brain. And that's going to help us to think, speak and lead more clearly and more effectively. Um, so it's not even just a physical thing. It's really going to help um, your brain um, re- renew and rebalance as well. Um, lastly, do things that are grounding. Um, I'll tell you the number one grounding thing that I like to do is to go outside and put my bare feet on the ground. Um, if anybody here experiences panic attacks, anxiety, anything like that, take your shoes off, go outside and stand in the ground. It is the most um, effective method I can possibly think of um, to help us stabilize our nervous systems. Jamie, um, could I just ask a quick question about grounding? So does grounding need to be from your feet? Because I feel like um, working from home now, I have a lot of houseplants and I like just kind of playing around with my plants. <laughs> yeah. Like if you put your hands in the dirt, you know? So yeah. is that a form of grounding too? Or is grounding really just like from the feet? Oh, no. I think, I think you can definitely experience grounding through plants. I think plants have a lot of benefits. And I think, you know, if you're planting in the dirt, I think that's awesome. Yeah. 
Okay, um, cool. I wasn't sure yeah. if it grounding meant like, yeah, because I often hear grounding associated with like, yeah, uh, being barefoot or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I think, so there's a lot of ways to ground now. Uh, and so, you know, I think hanging out with your houseplants is definitely, you know, a form of like being in nature, right? Um, the other thing that I would recommend, and I'm actually standing on one right now, um, is a grounding mat. Um, here, I'm going to show you. Uh, so you can order these online. They're pretty inexpensive. So this is a grounding mat. So computers and phones and things like that are super ungrounding. It causes us to really focus in on one specific thing. That's going to, and that immediately causes an ungrounding effect. And so um, even just using a grounding mat um, at your desk, I've got one under my keyboard as well. uh, That can be a helpful way. You may not have to use it all the time. I don't use mine all the time, Um, but it can be a really helpful way to stay grounded when we have to be on our computers. What, what, what's a grounding mat? Does it have like textures that draws your attention to it or what? No. So it's actually got a, um, uh, so unplug this. it's got like a little cord and it just plugs right into the ground, um, or right into the ground outlet. So it's just like a, it's like a little prong and it just goes right into the ground outlet in our, in a socket. And so it, um, it's just the frequency um, from using that ground um, wire that helps to give us a stabilizing grounding effect. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah, they're not super expensive. Um, yoga, especially uh, yin, uh, yin yoga and yoga nidra are really effective. So yoga nidra is like a, almost like a sleep meditation that you do laying down. This can be really nice, especially incorporating um, a sound healing, sound bowls. So if you hear of like a sound bath, it's like these big Himalayan crystal bowls. And they've got like this really nice um, sound. And that sound is really soothing to our nervous systems. So we want to do things that are soothing to our nervous system. So whatever that means for you. Um, Yen yoga focuses on um, relaxing the connective tissue in our bodies stress gets stuck in our connective tissue. So um, a lot holding yin yoga is very slow. It's very relaxing. It's very gentle. So it gives our um, connective tissue time to release that stored stress. Um, Breathing techniques, of course, meditation, uh, visualization is really important. It goes back to where do I want to go? Creating art can be helpful salt baths and salt floats. So you can look up what's called a salt float or salt pod. Um, and those can be really, again, relaxing to our nervous systems. Uh, and then alternative therapies. So tapping, uh, is so fast, so efficient. Um, there's an app that I highly recommend, um, called the tapping solution. Uh, they have free taps as they'll call them so it's eft taps tapping solutions that and there's some free taps that you can do they work on um specific um acupressure points on your hand and then um and different places on your face um and your rib cage um so the average one is like 10 minutes long but really it's like eight minutes um if you skip the intro and it's really helpful for anxiety stress sleeping 
Um, it definitely, they've got uh, different caps for different um, challenges that we're facing. Um, weight loss, um, money, um, even a lot of COVID stuff. So I really can't recommend that enough. Um, they're really fast and, and really efficient. And like I said, there's some that you can try for free. Um, there's other kinds of alternative therapies that can also help. Um, but when you're doing these, just make sure that you're really, again, paying attention to the sensations that you're feeling. Um, like, doesn't this feel good? Doesn't this feel nice? Like, and really just focus on that um, so that you put that, again, that money, so to speak, the deposits in the bank. Um, I'll just stop here. I know we're kind of running up against time. And so I apologize for that. But are there any um, questions, thoughts, um, suggestions that you have on what helps you ground? Jamie, we had a couple of chats in the session about pets and animals and, some, yeah. you know, the, the softness of animals and things like that. Um, but I, I'm going to have to hop off, but my only suggestion would be for the next session, maybe, uh, if we leave a little bit more time for us to have a discussion around these things, because I think this is really amazing and talking about how we put them into our life, you know, how do you integrate them? Because yep. a lot of what you say is really, you know, I think for me instinctively, I know that this is the right thing to do. It's like, how do you get to that place? Yep. Right. And yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, and I appreciate that. And I'm sorry, I did want to leave more time for questions. Um, I ended up I'm like, oh gosh, I need to tell them this. Um, we are going to dig a lot more into some of um, the things specifically on the last two slides. So the next session is going to be all about exercise, meditation, affirmations, visualization, journaling, um, and really making it work for you. So it's going to have a morning routine element to it um, in case that's important to you. But um, it is going to be much more focused on on grounding uh, and it is going to be more interactive. Right. So that we can like identify solutions that will help you. Awesome. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm going to have to hop off, but I want to. Thanks for joining. Yeah. And Jamie, I put um, just everybody go check the chat because I put some links to your website and your blog. I mean, obviously connect with you on LinkedIn and through Peak, but you've got some really great content there, especially that on your insideoutliving.io where it's create your perfect day. I just love all the things that you've put in there. There's a lot of detail, really helpful. Good. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. Well, um, I, it, it looks like we're coming up here on the end of time. Um, so I will go ahead and close out. If nobody has any more questions, of course, you can leave it in the chat and you can also um, go interact with the recap that I'll be posting soon. So the recording will be up if you need to go back and look at any of these exercises um, and get some of these tips, anecdotes to share with anybody, or maybe you can send it to somebody that you think needs it right now. Um, so that re- that will be in the recap. The recording will be as always, and um, you can go interact and comment there. Um, Thank you so much, Jamie, for this awesome session. And we so look forward to having you again next month. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so fun. And yeah, if anybody has any questions and wants to follow up, just let me know. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. 
Until next time.